0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster. You won't catch me in shiny armor, but if 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 you if you did if I did have armor, it would be pillowy armor, of course, patrons, uh, to put you to sleep. Uh, thanks for helping me keep the show going. Uh, hey, are you up all night, tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep? Trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's the thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about. Uh, physical sensations, uh, any f- f- you know, anything physically, uh, feelings, any emotions or-, or stuff like that coming up. Uh, thoughts, feelings, physical sensation, changes in-, in routine, time, temperature, life stuff. You know what I'm saying? Or work stuff, or stuffity stuffity stuff. Uh, you know, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound so bad. Uh, it makes it more, pa- you say, well, it still doesn't make you say, oh boy. How was your day? Maybe they could be a new shorthand for sleep. You say stuffity, stuffity, stuff. It's three stuffs, like with two stuffities, I think. Uh, stuffity, stuffity, stuff. You got to say it like that. Go ahead and say it in bed. It's like a self care, self empathy. Uh, not self empathy. Yeah, self empathy, not self empathy, which is not a word a little bit of self-compassion, just say that to yourself uh, and let the air out and kind of imagine you're giving yourself a hug or give yourself an actual hug. Stuffity, stuffity, stuff. We've gone off the rails er- earlier than ever, but, but, but that's a joke for long-time listeners, but, but you know, pretty close to it. So whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you could set aside, like I said, whatever it is, all that stuffy, all that stuffy and stuff. We have stuff sacks here in this safe place and cubbies. I, I like to mention the cubbies we had put in years ago, uh, right after I wrote that famous poem, An Ode to Cubbies. Uh, oh, no, I wrote it after. You're right. Oh, no, that was a song. When I would sing to the I said, it's like plants. Cubbies need to be sung to, too. And even the installer from Cubbies Unlimited, by the way, tonight's my podcast sponsored by Cubbies, Cubbies Unlimited. Uh, oh, whoops, it's Unlimited. Sorry, they pulled their sponsorship. Turns out it was Cub- Cubbies Unlimited uh, for your unlimited cubby needs. Does that mean, but, but they actually, they didn't go well when I first started working with them. Because so, I said, does that mean each cubby can fit in an unlimited amount of things? And they said, no, it's the name of the company. It's Catchy. And I said, yeah, but now I'm just thinking about an unlimited cubby. And, and like, because then it makes me think of an everlasting gobstopper. And do you, have you, did you put any cubbies in the Wonka factory? Have you ever worked with any of the Wonkas before? Or Charlie? Did Charlie change his name to Wonka? I didn't read those books. Charlie Wonka. I mean, that's somebody I'd write a check to, maybe. Was there ever like a fourth book where Charlie ran for office? uh You know, town magistrate? I don't know what Charlie would run for. The king of chocolate. You wouldn't have to run for that. But uh Charlie Wonka, this message is brought to you by Charlie Wonka. I can hear it. Sorry, where was it? Oh, what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place. Uh, where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. And and I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, chocolate for all. That would be Charlie's thing, I think. Uh, Just in case, because I was just trying to say to my brain buds, that's not very sleepy. But I say, well, no, it's chocolate for all, not a bedtime. Charlie's not a, like, Charlie didn't turn into a, antagonist or anything don't worry still protagonist i realized that charlie wonka could have uh what would the like isn't it a, a policy like he charlie wonka would have the most policy wonks uh they said well yeah my, uh, okay so i'm gonna send my voice across the deep dark night glowing soothing creaky dulcet tones pointless meanders superfluous tangents Chocolate for everyone. That just came in from the campaign. They said not chocolate for all, chocolate for everyone, and they said that sounds more like a like a, a slogan for, for for your company. Okay, get back to the intro. So semi voice. Oh, I know if you're new, this could you could already be a bit, uh, 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 a bit. I don't think you'd be bemused right now. You could be confused, which is natural. This podcast is a little bit different. So let me give you the basics. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep and to take your mind off of stuff. Uh, Structurally, the show, it starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free for everybody. Then there's an intro, which we're about five minutes into. The intros usually go 12 to 20 minutes of me. Try what you you just saw happen. I said, well, let me talk about the um, podcast and let me introduce the new listeners then I got distracted by one thing. I'm not even sure what that was anymore. Next thing you know, I don't even know how I got involved with Charlie Wonka, but, it, oh, wait, wasn't I saying, oh, whoops, I forgot. It, like I uh, forgot what our saying was, uh, our self-healing saying. Uh, stuffity, stuffity, stoof, uh, stuffity, stuffity, stuff. I think that was it, huh? Sorry. Okay. So, well, sorry about that. I, I, I was also trying to introduce the podcast, believe it or not. But if you're new, some new listeners could say, what are you doing? Like, when are you going to get to the point? What is this spot? Like, what do you keep talking to us and asking us about, a, you know, you're talking about? The-? And I'd say, yeah, no, it's a natural reaction. It's okay. I know the podcast can put people in a bit of a prickly mood when when you're, when you're new. I mean, I guess, of course, when you're new, because if it would constantly put you in a prickly mood, unless you're a porcupine, which I'd be honored to have the porcupine community listening to this show. Uh, also, if I could get your vote for Charlie Wonka, I, I seem to have started working for that imaginary campaign. Um, I don't know. Is, is, who has the rights to write those like, like fan fiction sequels? I, I, I don't know if I could, but... Uh, I shouldn't, for sure. You're right. Whatever reasonable part of me just said you shouldn't. And I said, well, you're right about that. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. You're right. A little moral of the story. So the intro, like I said, if you're new, you might be like, "What? are you still, I don't know what this dude is sort of going on about. And I say, yeah, I'm here to take your mind off stuff. Now, the intro is a little bit rambly. Because the whole idea is it eases you into bedtime, whether you're getting ready for bed, so you're not in bed yet and you're listening. I don't know, maybe you got your phone speaker, your smart speaker, your headphones, however you're listening and you're getting ready for bed, or you're in bed, easing into bedtime. Ideally, the podcast becomes part of your wind-down routine. You could skip the intros, but once you get used to the show, you'll kind of see what works for you. So there's the intro, it's 18, 12 to 18 to 20 minutes. This is, there could be thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, 14, 15, 16, or 19 as well. And, uh, they, I'm sorry, my brain, there's just this, I have one track mind and right now it's going down that one track. So I got to go stuffity stuffity stuff to try to get the, can't get Wanka off my mind. That was the song I proposed, you know. That was the song I proposed to, to the campaign. And they said, we don't remember, call, we don't even remember starting a campaign. I'm still trying to get grandma and grandpa their own beds. Uh, okay, so, oh, oh, so there's the intro. Then there's some business. Then tonight we'll be talking about uh, Mandalorian. And you might say, Scoots, isn't that, that action-packed? Uh, you know, Western adventure, fantasy, TV, television, well, a streaming program. How could I possibly sleep through that? Doesn't it also have uh, extreme amounts of cuteness and shiny stuff? And I'd say, well, not in my version, not in my recap. My recap will be observant. I say, well, huh, this was interesting. And I noticed they sat down, uh, cross, you know, they crossed their legs. That was very nice. And I had some, you say, well, that reminds me of this character. So that's what my, it'll be an appreciative observation. Maybe I'll look some stuff up depending on our time. So a snoozy recap like that you could sleep to or relax to. Because the whole idea of the show is, You're under no pressure to listen. So I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company as you drift off. So you don't have to listen to me. You could turn me down or you could just kind of partially listen, or you could let me float in and out of focus. Uh, But if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here to the very end to to keep you company because that's my job. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off. Uh, I don't know. That's what's important to me. So that's... uh, that's what's important to me. I guess that's uh, that's, that's that. Uh, I'm gonna be so. Oh, no pressure to listen. No pressure to fall asleep either. That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna be here to the very end. So if you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company, and just drift off when you want. Uh, that's why the episodes are about an hour. Uh, let's see. Any other things you should know? I mean, the reason I make the show is because I've been there, and you know, I just want to keep you company as you drift off. So, I mean, that's it. That's the structure of the show. You, oh, if you're new or skeptical still, I mean, give it a few tries. That was, That's what, like, not, I'm not exaggerating. I, I maybe have heard from, like, a million people that it's, it took two or three tries uh, for them to get used to the podcast before they became a regular listener. And, like, uh, hundreds of thousands of those people would just listen to the podcast, like, situationally for a little while. I mean, I just heard from a listener that doesn't even listen anymore. She came back as a patron, uh, uh, Anna Banana, like a listener like four or five years ago. And now uh, is a is mom and uh, says, well, I don't need the podcast anymore, but I just want to check in and support you for a little bit. Uh, so it does take two or three tries. I don't know what that has to do to taking two or three tries, but uh, just said a lot of people say that. So see how it goes. It's a podcast. that's kind of meant to be consumed passively. Uh, you you could be grouchy. I mean, I'm told. I I totally am aware of the fact that this podcast does make you grouchy. I mean, if I was there, I guess it would depend. I'd, I'd try to make some. I'd try to make light of it and say, "Of course you're grouchy." Would have been like, "Check me out. Uh, I'm full of stuffy stuffy stuff," uh, and I say that. I did work on the Charlie Walker campaign. I think it would be good. So I don't think it would be. I mean, I guess if it was. I guess I'm just starting to write this Charlie Walker. I can't now. Don't ask me to do this because I can't really. I can only speculate. Speculative uh, fan fiction speculation. I can't actually write any fan fiction. Uh, But I think the best journey would be that uh, Charlie would like. It could be like a love story. Uh, Like really. Where your know, Charlie Wonka? Uh, has there been any of those? I don't know how many Charlie and the Chocolate Factory sequels there are. Book wise, right now my book bu- my book my book queue is full. I'm actually behind in. Uh, I was going to read some S- Star Wars novels, but I'm uh, picked up this new trilogy that I can't let go of. Uh, so. Uh, anyway, so I guess that's it. I'm glad you're here. This What I just want you to know is like I really want to help, but this podcast doesn't work for everybody. If it definitely doesn't work for you, go to com slash no thank you to check out some other options. But I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. All right, hey everybody, it's time to talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 2, Chapter 2, actually, of The Mandalorian. I don't know if Chapter 1 had a name. Chapter 2 does have a name, Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. It uh, starts with a recap. Oh, by the way, if you don't watch The Mandalorian, don't worry about it. You won't. You'll sleep through this one. But it starts with a recap. I will help you... Couple notes I looked up: uh, Muppet Babies, E.T. finger. Uh, then there's the Lucasfilm, the Star, the new Star Wars kind of Marvel-esque opening. Some drums. Oh, I didn't look this up because I looked up platypuses too many times or platypi. But I put a platy something. We see kind of sniffing. Well, I guess if it's a platypus, it wouldn't be sniffing around. Well, I don't know. Can platypuses smell? I don't know. I mean, I know, we, can you smell a platypus? Uh, there would be another children's book one day. I mean, I know it doesn't look really like a platypus, but I got to do it. You know, platypus is one of those things you could talk about. On, uh, that's a creature you could talk about on a sleep podcast. Uh, we see some boots made for walking, and that's just what they do. A canyon, uh, kind of like a, a little bit like uh reminded me of the part of Bryce Canyon I've never been in. I don't know. Is this the first time we see the floating pram? I don't know if it is. Uh, that would be a good magician, or it was that ever an Encyclopedia Brown, the case of the floating pram. This one floats on air, though. Uh, then the platypus watch, and the float. they say we've never even—we're platypuses. We've never seen a pram before, but we've definitely never seen a floating pram. Uh, and the Muppet baby, uh, which has multiple nicknames from me, watches uh, the Platypi. Uh It's a Mando. It's the Mandalorian, who, who occasionally I would call Mando. Stops. Uh, there's a cool shadow in the background, but the Mandalorian is ready. And then we get some Mando moves. They said, "Holy Mando moves!" Exclamation point! And we get a. Uh, uh, let's see Mando moves we're okay. Baby's okay though. A lot more fobs looking for this baby. Uh, so much, this was, there's so many Mando moves that the man Mandalorian had to breathe uh, zoom. And then the episode opens chapter two, the child and uh right beacon repairs lantern. Oh, okay. This is night that actually says, uh, and it's not a beacon, it's a lantern, and the Mandalorian's doing some repairs. Uh, Yodapo, that's the first one, watches uh, the Mandalorian doing some repairs, and then Yodapo gets out, tries to do tries to help uh, Mandalorian's doing some breathing, a lot of breathing. Uh, Yodapo reaches out, he says, "Get back in your crib, kid." He goes back to work, and then he's trying to fix his breastplate, which also needed to be rewired. Is this the right sequence? I guess, like, uh, oh, because when is this from? Oh, because this is from, like, the end of the last episode. That's right. Watching too much Mandalorian, that's why. Uh, oh, now it's Kid Yoda, who's back. Uh, we, we He says, no, 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 I don't need your help. Back in the crib, we see Kid Yoda's baby teeth. Uh, then there's some big music, and you see, what is this big music for? Oh, it's sun Sunrise, uh, and then the man Just a Mando and a Baby walking. Then Noise Music, I don't know what that means, but that'll come in important later in a different way. So I don't know if it was the same noise music. Uh, then we see Jawas, uh, this is J-A-W-A-S, I believe, Scavengers. Uh, they have the big tank building they, cuz they, they're they're scavenging uh, they stripped down the mandalorian ship and they take they they took some of the parts i guess who were already on board the big tank a crawling fortress i think is what he calls it later it has four tracks they take off with what they had uh, they, they leave a few behind a few jawas behind and Mando jumps on board. Uh, cradle, the Cradle in Pursuit. Uh, that was my like probably my favorite part of this part of the episode. You say, got it? Cradle in Pursuit. You say, I'm sorry. Did you say, are you in pursuit of a cradle? Like you're gonna get one? No, no, no. I'm watching a cradle pursuing a Mandalorian climbing on a uh, whatever it's called movable fortress. And you say, okay, I don't know. Uh the, we see the Jawas internal communication, like their little phone. Uh we hear ha ha ha. Or, There's some rock dodging. Yeah, but don't worry. But uh, don't come and knock in because this cradle's still coming. It, it it's still moving. This cradle the cra- this cradle has top speeds. I mean I guess it doesn't have to be that fast. Uh rock clock with garbage uh oh rock climbing like mandalorian's doing some rock climbing kind of like a climbing gym moves uh and the jawas are throwing garbage at him uh, i didn't write the time down but it's when the mandalorian's cl- climbing there's like a 10 out of 10 level uh sound effect uh i mean really this is uh thoughtful i mean uh, uh, it's a piece of metal like flapping down and actually has a piece of metal flapping down sound effect. And these are the little things that really, uh, I mean, there's other things that are impressive, but that's really impressive to me. Uh, then there's some helmet. Oh, uh, there are a couple. Uh, it's a good thing if you're a Mandalorian, there's a reason why you should always wear your helmet, especially when like an uh, iceberg lettuce is falling and bouncing off it from the Jawas. They said, here, take this cabbage. We're not making any stew later because we want to get you out of here. Even gets prodded. Uh, Excuse me, Mandalorian, I'm going to prod you about something. Then he's climbing on this crane, which seems to be easier to break than it should have been. But maybe the Jawa scavenged it from somewhere. And then the Mando gets on board of the, uh, top of the ship, like the, the, which would I call it the VIP deck if it had one. And I don't know anything about Jawas. I mean, other than, you know, what I've seen in two or three movies, but, uh, if there was a VIP deck for Jawas, that's where he is, but only for a, f- a few seconds. Then he says, they say, you don't have the wristband for this level. And he goes and takes a nap, uh. Oh, this one I said, Yoda, ooh, so cute, uh, 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 is watching him nap. He wakes up, uh, him in, uh, the, the, the movable pram with Yoda, oh so cute, uh, uh, go back to a ship, not good. There's wires, which is not good. Lots of missing stuff. I mean, Yoda, Yoda, oh so cute. His ears move so many times. Uh. I don't know if Yoda has his baby, he has a, like, a baby fur on, a bit, uh, on his head that I just noticed, uh, working stalls, uh, oh, the ship won't start, uh, fumble jumps, uh, 10, 10. Oh, okay, this is ten ten. this is worth watching, if you're a Mandalorian fan or a fan of having a safe place, that is paradoxical a little bit, uh, at 10, 10 10 minutes and 10 seconds mandalorian kind of fumble jumps down the ladder and then he goes into that what is it called the oxygen like the cryo thing and he just lays there i mean he doesn't turn it on it kind of clears mind and take a big breath it, it was like again another amazing moment he kind of just sits down he says he's, he has this wtf moment uh and then baby, oh so cute, waddles up to him, and gives him a cute look, uh, and he says, "Okay, I got to keep going." It, it also, like, I guess I talk about this early, even though some of this hasn't happened yet, but we do get a lot of human sides of Mandalorian, particularly in this episode. Right? He's he's a little bit uh, personicity. I don't know, like, what is, is that a real word? Uh, he can be a grouch like me. Sometimes he needs a little Mando time to think things out. Uh, so then they get off the ship. They go for a walk. There's walking music. There's Journey Wipes, which I don't know if we've seen Journey Wipes yet. And I had forgotten about them. I don't even know if they were only in the first Star Wars or what. They're like those old video effects. Uh, and I don't even know if they're, that's what they're called. But I also could, they could be a brand we could call, sell them as Mandalorian journey wipes. Uh, they could just be whatever those things are, you know, that you like a hot towel, wet one, wet nap, whatever they're called, but we'd call them journey wipes, but it's also a video effect. Now it's sunset, which I thought was a nice touch since it started out in the day. And they go back to windmill outpost with, uh, at the Ron Perlman estate, uh, even though it's not Ron Perlman's voice, uh, and uh baby Yoda Ooh, so cute, says the frogs are tasty. And I really like some of this to how like this was the Foss uh Mandalorian says, I think it is a child. Uh he says, My ship's destroyed. He goes, Nope, stripped and not destroyed. Makes no difference to me. Which is so the Mandalorian I put oh whoa. Because Mandalorian does get it down in the dumps every once in a while. He does need characters or uh NPCs or whatever to to, uh, to he can't do it all alone he does need help and, and uh, sometimes it's just someone believing I don't know I like that he's oh man I'm toast uh, he goes you can trade with them uh, I've spoken They says hey spit that out uh, what do they put H-H-H uh, or 4 before backwards 4-4 four, four. Probably a sound effect or something. Or maybe that's the sound the baby made. I've never seen that symbol. I can't even imagine what it is. It looks like I wrote four backwards fours, except there's only three. Then it's raining, and they're on a sled. It's slow. And there's they, oh crawling fortress. That's what the Jawas thing's called. Believe it or not, I've already fallen behind the episode. There's a Jawa sorting party. He says, uh, they don't really like you. He goes, well, then the Jawa's doors open. They say, you're not getting your parts back. Uh, uh, he says, uh, he gets uh, grouchy. I think they said, hee hee tootaloo it, it might be one of the, something in Jawanese. I didn't hear Hakuna Matata in this episode, but that doesn't mean someone didn't say it. Uh, peaceful. Oh Yodi. That's what I put Yodi this time. I uh, watch is uh I like how they kinda all sit down in a like uh a, the Mandalorian at first he sits cross legged but now he's like leaned back with one knee up and his arm on his knee. Which is like a classic parlay position. I guess we'll call for that from now on. You say what do you like uh Get, getting some of the Bordeaux board photography do done or whatever? No, no, I'm in parlay position. But I mean, I guess you do, like, I don't think parlay position is so great. I mean, it's great for looking good. You might say, Scooch, what is parlay position? Even though we're in the middle of this episode, I say, okay, sit down on your bottom, on the ground, okay? Not on a chair. Now, put both your legs in front of you, like, uh, extended like you were going to do some toe touching or something. Now, now bring one knee up to your chest area. Uh, I think you're supposed to kick back, though, in some other way. Maybe th- then roll over onto your hip with your extended leg, and then you kind of put your arm on your knee that's up towards your chest. Um, I don't know, I kept talking so long, the video moved without me, but uh, that's parlay position. Uh, or, you know, lounging. I mean, it could also be when someone's feeding you grapes or something. These are my parts, he says. All uh, the jaw will laugh at him because he's in my. They say, You talk jaw will look a wookie. They First, they want the Baskar steel. He goes, No. Then he tells them to stay away from babies. Uh, then they say, Egg. Ron Perlman kind of says, Not the egg. And they say, Suga, Suga. Uh, which must be the egg then there's driving music uh which is very good and it's also this is another small scene mandalorian is in the cabin of the rolling fortress or whatever crawling fortress he's kind of packed in there with the jawas he bumps his head one of them looks at him and he says suga in a very minion-esque but in a good way like in a way that wasn't uh I don't know. You see, well, I guess the Jawas were around before Minions, and they're not really Minions. They're doing their own thing. So they more bear a similarity to each other. Uh, and then he heads out with the baby, which makes sense, because he said, I'm not going to leave this baby with any anybody. Uh, yeah, so the him and the baby and the the portable, the, what would they call it? The floating pram. Did I call it that? That might have been a Scooby-Doo episode, The Case of the Floating Pram. But again, I think that would be a good magic trick with no, you know, no children involved, even a 50-year-old baby oh so cute. So they go into a small valley, or a, I don't know what a gully is, but this could be a gully. Uh, then we see a little cave, cavey-poo. in time, he says. He uh, says... And he says, my lad, stay behind and wait for me. You know, I wouldn't leave you with Jaws, but I will leave you out here in this canyon alone. Just for a moment, uh, he checks his gear. Baby watches. He kind of creeps into the spelunky. He puts on a headlamp. I don't know if that was a clip-on or um, if it was something that pops out of his helmet. Uh, But he does have a, a headlamp. We see kind of furry mud. Very muddy because, of course, it rained earlier. Then we see an eye. Uh, then we see the ba- baby, oh, so cute, oh, so cute uh, watching. And then um, the Mandalorian gets bounced out of the Spelunky Poo. Now, this is another place, again, I guess I really have a lot of positive things to say about this episode. I mean, I'm not even talking about the—I I really enjoyed the episode the story and stuff, but this is another one really worth your time, uh, 1753 or so. And I think I actually had a dream about this last night. That's how much a meaning it has to me. But again, I make audio. So it's 1753. Uh, the Mandalorian comes out, and then there's like uh you think there's like a, a, a pause of, of a beat or two. Uh, but start watching it when Baby Yo, Yo, So Cute is watching, and then the Mandalorian gets booted. Because there's this music that starts up that has like this industrial kind of feel to it uh, that really works uh, for the scene. Ian is just cool, as it, I, I gotta say it AF. Uh, I mean, it is forking great. Uh, it just has like, I remember. I don't know. I don't know if industrial music's still a thing. Uh, maybe it maybe reminds me of like ministry. I don't know if that's what comes to my mind, but it's not probably that intense. Just because, it, but it underlies. I don't know. It just really, really works. Uh, I mean, I rewatch it. A bu- I mean, believe me, I've seen these episodes quite a few times. And it goes in it, it. It's only it's not in the whole sequence because there's so much action. Because what happens next is uh, uh, this is like this mud pie dance thing that, that uh, the Mandalorian does uh, with uh, with uh, Mamasuga, uh, which maybe this is where the idea for that product Suguru came from, which you kind of use to fix stuff or clip stuff or at least I do. But so they do this mud pie dancing where you make mud pies and you do interpretive dance with it uh, in the Mandalorian, not good at it. So it doesn't go well for the Mandalorian. And every time you don't uh, do a dance, that's the other person considers graceful. You have to put a mud pie on your head and let it trickle, you know? So very soon he's covered in mud. And it also involves dancing and mud pie making in the mud. So he gets very tired. He still gets up every time to keep trying. And then, in, and uh, baby, Oso Yoda, not Oso Raven, but Oso Yoda helps him with the mud dance. Music starts up again. I think. Uh, oh no! Then there's like this Metallica again. I don't know. I don't know a lot about music or sound design, but holy! I know when I like it. Uh, in that, in a way, in a, in a way that's if it's uh, that I only notice it on the second or third or fourth time I watch the episode, not the first time. Uh, but so what's Oh, also, his breastplate got ruined. But so then uh, he wins the the Suga. Uh, but even Baby Yoda's tired, so everybody takes a rest and naps. Uh, baby Yoda, baby, oh, so Yoda sleeps. Uh, Mando gets up, he goes back into the cave. Oh, then he gets the Subaru, which is a furry Cadbury egg. Uh, oh, I forgot. It looked like it was uh, something related to Snuffleupagus for Big Bird's imaginary friend. He's like, Snuffleupagus is Big Bird's imaginary friend, I think. Uh, then the Jawas uh, are ready to go. Mando shows up just in time. They say, Suga which made me want to say banana. Then they eat the Cadbury egg. It was just a giant Cadbury egg. Like the one of those ones they sell where they say, yeah, you could get the world's, you know, it wouldn't be the world's largest one, but, you know, eight-pound Cadbury egg, you know, and it's some ridiculous price, like 129 bucks. Yeah, uh, but that's what you win for the mud pie dance. Uh, they only like the yellow part of the Cadbury egg, uh, Mando says, uh, "Surprise you waited, uh, Ron." And he says, "Surprise you took so long." Then they do a trip back. Baby sleeps. Uh, a big load of parts. Uh, more good dialogue, especially when you think about the story-wise. He says, "Explain it to me again." And then Mando gets down again. It reminds me. I mean, uh a so Mandalorian, kind of reminds me of me, except for he's you know, except for his, he's got a lot of skills and stuff, but his attitude, at least. Uh, he says, there's "No way, this is going to work." Uh, and uh, he says, "Ron promises. You know, if you care to help, it'll. There's much work to do." Also, I realize that it happens again with sunrise, uh, but there's a building sequence with music, uh, it, which is kind of a standard, uh, the, the kind of montage. The ship's end ends up looking really good. They do these last tests. Uh, I, 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 Again, this is another thing I really liked, a little piece of dialogue. Uh, the Mandalorian says, I can't thank you enough. Uh, and then the guy, guy says, well, you were my guest. Uh, and he goes, I could use you for a crew. The guy says, yo, I'm a retired. Uh, no thanks. And the Mandalorian says, all I can offer is my thanks. Uh I don't know, I really, really, uh, and I think, I mean, I don't know if this is true. But when you think about the difficulty of the, the acting and the direction and the writing of having a character who may never take their helmet off, we just don't know, and wanting us to to identify with the character, these moments are really important, I think. Uh, and, I mean, it won me over. I mean, I, I think I already—because, I mean, the first episode, the first time of this series, you might say, well, wow, this is going to be tough. Uh, Uh, to have like this deeper emotional connection to this main character. So I don't know. I think these are very creative choices. I I just, uh, I'm impressed uh, in in a way that I just enjoy. uh. So anyway, and then he says, I have good luck with the child. Uh, I've spoken as Amanda watches him get off. Then the theme music builds. I put baby on board he starts the ship up they head off into space uh he checks up the ba- he checks out the baby yeah he kind of he says wake up sweet little sweet little yo 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 uh and then it, the baby doesn't wake up and then he goes back to flying and the baby does uh and the baby wakes and then the ship goes off uh and then You know, I'd like to watch the whole credits because I like the whole, the 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 whole whatever Mandalorian theme. I don't know what it's called. I should. We're trying to avoid any any Star Wars stuff. uh, Just to see how it goes with this, uh, because I think we we, there's just so much here by itself. Uh, But I I don't know. I like to. I guess you said. Well, I'm watching the credits, but I still don't. You're right. Uh, There was nine paintings in this set of credits. And actually, it's going to come up right now. Now Baby Yoda's waking up uh, and looking over. Mandalorian's looking out. Baby Yoda's looking at the Mandalorian, kind of grinning. And the ship heads off into space. And does it do a jump or does it just, uh, you know, and then there's a wipe. Okay, so first painting is the Mandalorian in the uh, floating pram walking in the canyon. Uh, then the second one is a Mandalorian getting, like they say, you don't have a VIP pass to the VIP deck. Uh, then there's one of him in the dust with a, um, the Cadbury egg. Then there's him and uh, uh, his the, the, the other character, uh, uh, like Campfire, talking about parts. Uh, then there's the um, Jawa freighter thing. Then there's Mandalorian walking into the, um, the, the, the Spelunk, Spelunkuku. Uh, then there's uh, him meeting his, uh, dancer for the Mud Pie dance-off. Uh, then there's them working on the ship at night, um, and some nice night shots. Uh, then Mandalorian walking to a ship carrying baby, oh, so yo, oh, so cutie old, oh do and actually, wait a second, uh just want to one more thing. I guess I don't have the ability to s- zoom in here, but uh, I wonder what's in the reflection of the baby Yoda's eyes there. I don't know. So that's the end of the episode. That's not uh, the end of our discussion, though. Uh, let's see. We got more to talk about. Believe me be. Uh, so let's see what we got here. Mando two in my notes. Okay, so uh, so this baby Yoda, as it's being called, and I know realize it's not baby Yoda. It's a creature with the same lineage as Yoda, possibly. Uh, but it did remind me of the Muppet Babies. I mean, baby Yoda is very cute. Very, very, I'm assuming it's a puppet, and uh, not to, to spoil it, but it did remind me of the TV show Muppet Babies, which is a version on now. But there was also a version on when I was young, which I would have thought was in the 90s. Uh, If I had to guess, I would have said, yeah, like uh, Muppet Babies, 1991 to 1995. But it was 1984, uh, which was originally known as Jim Henson's Muppet Babies. It was an animated show on CBS from uh, 84 to 91. In the show portrays childhood versions of the Muppets living in a nursery under the care of a woman identified only as the nanny, uh, who appears in every episode, but his face is never uh, visible. Uh, the idea of presenting the Muppets as children was in a dream sequence in the Muppets' Take Manhattan, uh, where uh, Miss Piggy had a man. I'm going to have to rewatch those on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it was produced by Jim Henson Productions and Marvel Productions. And now, so now Disney has the rights to both. Though the episodes are 30 minutes, it was typically it was shown in 60 or 90 minute blocks. Uh, and there's a reboot on. But listen to this some of the voices uh, uh, Greg Berg, Barbara Billingsley, Kate Lee. Laurie O'Brien, Russ, Russie Taylor, Frank Welker, Howie Mandel, Dave Coulier. Uh, let's see. Overview: A large nursery. Uh, there's a lot of imagination. Uh, it had thirteen. It had the first two seasons were thirteen episodes. The third was sixteen. The fourth was eighteen. Fifth was thirteen. I don't know if it was a Saturday morning or an after I guess with thirteen episodes, probably Saturday afternoon. I don't know. Sorry, sa- Saturday uh morning. It had Kermit, uh Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Animal Scooter, Skeeter, Rolf, and Gonzo. Uh B- B- honeydew beaker. And Camilla also appeared. Bean Bunny, Stal- Stalder, and Walt-, Walt Sadler, and Waldorf. Also Janice and Robin also appear. Yeah, let's see, production. This is all from Wikipedia. Oh, that's our main source for everything. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan in 84 was the third-length Muppet film. As we said, uh, let's see. They turned the idea in a half-hour cartoon program in order for 107 episodes. Uh, they used two different companies uh, in Japan and Korea. Uh, let's see, productions. Uh, uh, it was highly popular, ran on CBS. Uh, at the height of its popularity ran in two or three-episode blocks. Yeah, for, 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 for a brief run in second season, it became known as uh, Muppets, Babies, and, uh, oh, there was another show that came after that, that, that uh, like, Little Muppet, uh, um, Platypus, and, uh Oh you know, we even had to replace the Garbage Pail Kids, that was, I guess, a show uh relaunching popular cartoon characters as younger started a trend of uh relaunching cartoon characters as babies i mean I definitely remember i mean I could sing you the the thing I'll have to watch the new one uh let's see there's no announced plans of d v d releases but I wonder if the old one is on disney junior i mean disney plus uh so this is a disney plus or that's the um old one. Now, the other one just started in 2018, 2018, and it's computer animated. On Disney Junior, it it targeted children 4 to 7. It's a reboot. I don't know what that means. Uh, but It does have Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, and Animal. Also has Nanny uh, and uh, Summer Penguin. That's a new Muppet. Yeah, uh, second season came out this summer. So probably be in a third, third season. Let's see what else we could use. Uh, uh, oh, Jenny Slate is uh, one of the voices. Wow, that's cool. That's real cool. I wonder what. See who who she voices. Uh, Miss Annie. Wow. I don't know. This is, I guess, a ABC. So this is an ABC one. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, it's cool that some of these people get to be, you know, on the Muppets. Uh uh let's see, Disney Junior. We'll, I don't know. We'll see if it, a season 30, I would presume it would get, re, you know. Okay, speaking of the 80s, so... There's a few shots of the Mandalorian kind of reaching his finger out towards baby. Oh, so cute. Uh, so... It made me look up the movie E.T., which I thought I was going to look up the last episode. I guess I didn't. It came out in 1982. And I don't know if people still watch E.T. I know I think my daughter watched it with her mom, but I'm always like, uh, I don't think, I mean, I've seen like clips of it, but I haven't seen the movie in a long time. And I guess I'd prefer to just see it as a whole movie. It was a science fiction movie about a kid who finds an extraterrestrial and learns to love. I mean, I think uh, Drew Barrymore, Henry Thomas, Peter Coyote, D. Wallace, uh, Elliot's the kid, and E.T. is the uh, extraterrestrial. It was a, a Steven Spielberg movie produced by Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Universal and Amblin. It uh, cost, the budget was $10.5 million. It made seven ninety two. It got re-released in 1995 and 2002. I don't think I went and saw it in 2002. That's too bad. Uh, And it was the highest grossing film of all time until uh, Jurassic Park in 1993. It won't talk about the plot, uh, but, uh, you know, it's about phone and home. Call your mother already. That's just like with uh, the voice memos, I say. Call your mother. Uh, Carl Rimbaldi was the, uh, uh, helped uh, create E.T. and look. Um, and cancelling Kennedy uh, helped to work on E.T.'s eyes, uh, the look of them. Uh, filming began in 81. It was filmed under cover name so that no one would uh, try to copy the plot uh Culver City is where a lot of us shot uh music John Williams music uh I guess there was like a few different uh, like one of the like uh, I guess there's a famous script of like the ET ET2 or whatever and then there's the ET ride which one day we'll do an episode about we probably should do that before the ride closes huh? uh so I have to do that uh at some point, and, uh, you no know, I'll phone home, but yeah, released, uh, it was previewed in Houston, because maybe that's where it take, takes place, uh, and, uh, it opened with 11 million dollars, which is funny nowadays, uh, it had the top spot, and then, uh, it was a holiday re- season re-release, uh, ended up surpassing Star Wars, so wow, uh, it also had Reese's Pieces in there, which I think are awesome anyway. I didn't need E.T. to tell me that. Uh, I don't think I had them. Gandhi won the Academy Award that year. Uh, so that's also interesting. Um, so just another movie. You, you could check it out. Uh, uh, I guess there was a special edition, which is out of circulation, which was an extended version of the movie. There was an Atari game considered one of the worst games ever made. It was in there. uh, Was that the one that uh, was that the game that's in the documentary? Yeah, then there's the attraction, $40 million uh, attraction that opened in 1990 in Universal, Florida. So I'll go on that for everybody. Uh, There was a ET2. uh, Though recently I heard there was another. um, Whatever uh, sequel is circulating. Okay, but that's ET. What about Bryce Canyon National Park? Uh, like, uh, it's famous for a couple things, I think, or maybe the other one. Maybe this is Zion and Bryce. I'm getting mixed up, but Bryce Canyon, oh, which is despite the same, not a canyon, but uh, a collection of giant natural amphitheaters. So maybe Zion's the one with the canyon that you got to walk through. That's like really close. Uh, uh, But Bryce is uh, distinctive due to geological structures called hoodoos formed by frost weathering. It's really beautiful, red, orange, and white colors of the rocks. Spectacular views, Uh, and uh, oh, it sits at a much higher elevation than nearby Zion National Park. it was settled by Mormon pioneers in the 1850s. Uh, it's in uh, Kane Garfield and Kane County, Utah, in the Colorado Plateau geographic province. Yeah, it is very beautiful. I guess I was thinking that there's a, a hike. It must be a Zion, so <laughs> that you could go through. But you have to like re, you have to reserve it. I, I think you're used to. Uh, Definitely something to check out. Uh, I guess they have a lodge. I think I went there. I don't remember going to any lodge or anything. I just remember going and looking at it. Uh, it's very beautiful. It has natural arches. Something called Thor's Hammer. Uh, extensive fur forest. Uh, you can go snowshoeing or horseback riding. Uh, so check it out. Then Cadbury cream egg. you probably talked about this on the podcast before. It's only been around since 1971. Here's the most interesting fact. is at the end of the Wikipedia article. It says, uh, where is it? Uh, some of the, uh, B.J. Novak. I really like this. It said uh B.J. Novak brought to attention, oh, yeah, Conan O'Brien in 2007. That the Cadbury cream eggs have decreased in size, even though Cadbury states they're the same size, and it's pretty significant—five grams. So, uh, so that's one thing. Uh, it's a Cadbury cream egg. I think I used to always want one, uh, and they were either too expensive or something for kids to have. Uh, then when I finally got one, I realized that I didn't like it, but now I do like it. Like, I probably only have like one every couple of years. Uh, it's a, you know, a dessert, uh, chocolate shell with the uh, fondant filling and, uh, it gets sold between New Year's and Easter in the UK at 200 million, uh, as in sales in uh, in 2016 though, they, uh. They stopped using dairy milk chocolate and used a cheaper substitute. Uh, So I don't know if they changed that decision, Uh, but, uh, you know, count me out, I guess. Uh, Hershey makes them in the U.S. uh, and Cadbury in the U.K., Cadbury Adams in Canada. Uh, Hershey's got the local rights here in the U.S., uh, Uh, It was previously manufactured in New Zealand, uh, but now they're imported from the UK, so it's a little bit confusing. Uh, They were first manufactured by the Cadbury Brothers in 1923, but the current form was introduced in '63, and they're usually sold individually. You've probably seen them. I mean, you know what they are, but... uh, they're manufactured in Dundee uh, from 1983 to 2009. Uh, let's see. Manufacturing process, varieties. I want to find more about this. Cha- oh, there's the change. Uh, oh, yeah. They replaced it with standard cocoa mixed chocolate uh, and reduced the packaging from six eggs to five uh, without lowering the price. And they said they think they lost $12 million in sales. Uh, so, yeah, and I'll link to it. There's a lot more about it, uh, but it just reminded me of that. And then the last thing is uh, Baby on Board it reminded me of the Simpsons episode with the Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Uh, it was season five, episode one. Uh, so it kicked off the season. It was 1993. Also has George Harrison and David Crosby in the ap- episode. Uh, let's see, written by Jeff Martin, directed by Mark Kirtland. It, it features a barbershop quartet with Homer uh, the B. Sharps. Uh, uh, but it kind of follows the Beatles story, or parallels the Beatles story. Uh, let's see, Bart, uh Oh, it goes. It's it like a, it goes into the past. Uh, Uh, And Homer's uh, Barbershop Quartet, uh, an album where he was nationally famous, him and the Barbershop Quartet, uh, how they, you know, reached success and it all fell apart. Uh, And their number one hit was Baby on Board, uh, which is like, it reminds me of, uh, so... One of the writers for The Simpsons suggested they create an episode based on a barbershop quartet as a parody of The Beatles. Jeff Martin wrote it. Mark Kirkland, Kirkland, who's a big Beatles fan, directed the episode and made sure the references were accurate. Uh, uh, Let's see. Animators liked creating the Beatles gags, enjoyed the music, uh, synchronized everything with the animation and fell in love with it. Uh, a little bit inspired by the Beatles film, Let It Be. Uh, let's see. Uh, b Sharp singing voices were provided by the four members of the Damper Dan. So the barbershop quartet that used to be at Disneyland, I think they got replaced, unfortunately, because uh, Martin had seen one of their performances and enjoyed it. Wow, I didn't know that. That's really cool. And the regular a- actors kind of pre- 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 provided backup. Uh, uh george harrison was the second Beatle to be in a simpsons episode Ringo star was in an earlier one uh let's see uh but it was a secret uh that he was coming in even though like the creators did come to watch oh i guess matt groaning did not know it was a secret though uh and uh, yeah there's a lot of effort Afro- it's a really good episode uh now you can watch that on the same it's interesting it wasn't on purpose but you could watch it on disney plus so it's funny it's like can we watch uh this episode of the simpsons the first muppet babies the second muppet babies and mandalorian i don't know about the first muppet babies I will say something that I've been watching random episodes of is uh Gummy Bears, which was a kind of like a Smurfs knockoff that Disney made. But that I was always a big fan of. I don't know why. And I, I don't know why I preferred the gummy bears over the Smurfs. Uh I'm trying to figure that out now by watching it. It wouldn't be it's not interesting enough for me to watch an episode five times, so to do it as a podcast episode. Uh but yeah, it's just uh so that's another thing to check out, uh I guess I'm not I'm not getting paid for this, but uh that is on Disney Plus I was watch I was letting um I went to a random season of uh what was the name of the show? Oh Gummy Bears. Uh that's another great theme song. So uh it's worth it for the theme song. If you're a Smurfs fan, watch it and you know, decide it, it I mean it's very similar to the Smurfs. I don't know what you know, I don't know what Peo had to say about it, but uh who knows, or Papa Smurf? Um, but yeah, I guess because there was less. Maybe there's it was just like it's easy for me. to, First of all, like I guess a a Papa Smurf and um, the one Smurf that's kind of antagonistic was that Brainy. I don't know. Papa Smurf was just too. I guess because I was, it was so my relationship with Catholicism was so complex that uh, Papa Smurf was too godlike for me, and then Brainy Smurf or whatever. Whoever the Smurf was that wasn't nice, Judgy Smurf, uh, I don't know. That one made me uncomfortable, too. And something about the gummy bears' makeup made me comfortable. And I think there was, like, a Christopher Robin vibe where there was a boy or something they, like, uh, hung out with. uh, And then they drank, like, juice, and they could bounce everywhere, gummy bear juice. So it's a little bonus, a little bit about the gummy bears, bouncing here and there. Uh, And a little bit of everywhere, because, you know, the Gummy Bears, the show, it was high adventure beyond compare. The name of the show was The Gummy Bears. Uh, Good night, everybody.